Viva Malachi! Worship. <laughs> that was great. That was great. That was fantastic. You do the intro That's what we needed. <laughs> That's what I needed this morning. So welcome uh, to uh, Some Assembly Required. You found our youth edition of our podcast. Um, this is weird because I don't usually do the intro, but Julie's dying of laughter right now because she just said Viva Malachi. So uh, <laughs> if you heard that right, we're doing a series on uh, Malachi going through the book of Malachi, going through some of the subtopics that are talked about in Malachi. Um, so yeah, we're just going to dive into that. Thank um, you, Pastor Wes. <laughs> I'm <laughs> glad to have you for my sidekick today. Oh man, where we take things very seriously around here. Of, of course. Yes. So Malachi, I actually don't know a whole lot about Malachi, okay, yeah. to be honest. Um, I have a nephew named Malachi, which is Malachi with a Y. But uh, really, yeah, interesting. It's okay. Irish, apparently. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know much about Malachi. He's a minor prophet. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Fill us in. So yeah. So just let's do a little background. So our first topic that we're talking about is worship. So for a little background, um, the prophet Malachi um, finds Israel back in their homeland with the new temple just recently completed. So this is after their exiled Babylon. Um, so this is just after, you know, they were given, told they can go to their who's, homeland. Who's they? Who's they? The Israelites. Okay. Sorry. I missed that. So if we go back to when they were taken, mm-hmm. um, essentially, um, Israel was taken and okay. then Judea was taken. Yep. So Judea was Jerusalem and that kind of area. Yep. Though they were taken later than mm-hmm. the rest of Israel. Those people were taken by the Assyrians. Yep. And then you have uh, Judea that was taken by the Babylonians. Yep. Um, and they like they destroyed like Jerusalem to its core essentially. They like there was just rubble left. Okay. So this is years after where we learned about Esther and we learned about um, everyone mm-hmm. to let them go back to their homeland. So they can go back to their homeland. They can rebuild the temple of God. So if, this is where Malachi finds Israel. And you think, with that perspective, things would be filled with hope and excitement. You know, we're mm-hmm. back in our homeland. This is where we want to be. It, there's excitement for the Jewish people, but it just, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it was a let, was it a letdown? Is that what you're saying? The people were finding themselves doubting God. Ah. They were really doubting God's love and promises because the Messiah hadn't come yet. They're like, where mm. is this guy? Yep. And there was also political and economic pressures right on Israel. You have to remember, just because Israel, the Israelites were allowed to go back to the homeland didn't mean they weren't under Babylonian control. Ah. There would have been huge taxes. Mm-hmm. They would have been having to give food, um, contribute to the army of some kind. Like, they would have had to contribute. Yeah. And essentially, you're allowed, it's like, um, it's like uh, just allowing someone to do something, but you, they yeah. kind of have to owe you for it. Mm, so I see. And that's a very political thing that would happen back in that time where yeah. if you were to take over a place. So Babylon was actually excellent at this. Yeah. I'm not going to praise Babylon too much, but Babylon was excellent as conquering civilizations. Yep. And essentially they would incorporate those people into their civilization. And what would happen is they would sometimes take on the practice or do different things to make people feel more welcome. Babylon, just like Persia did. Yeah. Years later, um, I would say Persia birthed out of Babylon. But Persia, what they did, and we all know, like, if you do any historian stuff, like Persia and the Greeks. Mm-hmm. That's, there's always fighting there. Yes. Especially in history. Like, 
this 300 Spartans. Like that's a very well-known yeah, yeah, story. Yeah. So Persia actually had soldiers reigning from India to the Middle East. Okay. Like that's how big their empire was. If you look yeah. at a map, you're going to be like, whoa. It's huge. So they had people from all over those areas okay. that were essentially become part of their army. They would have mm-hmm. to contribute. They would pay taxes. They were part of the empire. Mm-hmm. Israel would have been having to do the same thing for Babylon. Maybe not the soldier point, mm-hmm. but they would have had to contribute somewhat. Yeah. And that may have been through financial and political pressures. So they would have had a governor mm-hmm. who would have been from Babylon or had the interest of Babylon, which really, yeah. you're going to be corrupt somewhat. <laughs> but mm-hmm. essentially, they would be like, oh, yeah, you guys can do this, you guys can do that, but you got to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pressure there. Mm-hmm. And the Israelites go through this over and over again. You have the Greeks, then you yep. have the Romans all of that like yeah. it just it just it's a constant cycle so this is before the greeks and the romans they're already feeling like god what the heck uh, where is the messiah why yeah. is this not happening is he coming yeah yeah and malachi 1 verse 2 um sums up their attitude really well and it says i have loved you says the lord but you ask how have you loved us in many ways it is, com- it is a, it's a normal response in our life when when things are not going well um or the way we want or expected, someone reminds you that God loves you. Yeah. We all have that. There's someone in our lives where we could probably think like, yeah, they really pushed that on us. Yeah, and it feels like a bit of a, what do you call it, like a platitude or like you're being um, placated or yeah. it's like a nice thing to say. Mm-hmm. Like, And as Canadians, we do it all the time. Oh, right? yeah. Like, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah. Are you? Yeah, we are don't you know. Really a- are you even really asking? It's a... Yeah, it's I get it. It's a polite thing to do. But yeah. for Christians, I think this is something we do where it's like, even though we see people struggling, like, you know, God loves you and you just got to pray more. Yeah. That that sentence, I don't know how many times I've heard where I'm just like, no, no I'm praying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but so the Israelites are really feeling, I think it's a really cool way that we can like relate to these people. Yeah. Like this is what? 600 700 600 400 years before jesus okay it's a weird time frame yeah and if i had my bible college notes from first year <laughs> i could tell you but um yeah so someone reminds you of god's love for you and immediately your thought is i don't feel like that yeah this is what the attitude that malachi is addressing throughout his short oracle um specifically he challenges the people of what they had become lazy and faithless responses to the relationship with God due to the doubt that was dominating their worldview. Mm-hmm. So in the first passage, Malachi goes after the priests. Like he goes after the people who are in charge of the faith of Israel. So priests in Jewish culture would have been like like high of the high. Like they would have been on council for governor. They would have been yep. on council for, like if you were to go back to the time of David, mm-hmm. they would have been, counseling david for things yeah what, how is god speaking like that that they are huge like highly very highly regarded essentially you right? could you could do priests pharisees they were similar level yeah um <clears throat> so malachi goes after the priests um and specifically how they're approaching worship through the jewish custom of sacrifice so the jewish custom of sacrifice was they would sacrifice something usually it was your best sheep or yeah lamb or a lamb ram or, or a... best say if you grow fruit and crops and that mm. it's your best harvest oh okay it's burnt offering or something yeah and so there are numerous spots in exodus that lay out the laws for sacrificial um sacrifices within the temple and yet the priests in malachi's day they 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 become very cheap and relaxed view about um 
this religious practice. Instead of bringing the best before God, which is, you know, the way they had promised to do things, they had been bringing the leftovers. Oh, I see. And felt that the whole act of worship had become a pointless burden. That worship was just, it's pointless. Like, even the priests were feeling what the rest of the community was feeling. Mm. So they're feeling, God doesn't really love us. Like, when your priests are feeling that... That's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Well, because it trickles down, right? Because that's who down. you take your uh, cues from. Yeah. So if you're seeing the people who are meant to be the faith leaders now losing faith, your faith is going to be like, what, what is happening? Yeah. So, th- so they've been bringing the leftovers, felt that act was pointless. In many ways, they were saying how great God is, but then their actions were saying that God isn't worth their time. Mm. So just saying, the priest would still say, no, God is good, God is good. It's like that person that tells you God is great yeah. when you're struggling, but their time, their actions were not saying. They're saying the opposite. That yeah. God, it's not, God's not really worth my time. That's what they were saying. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we are going to read Malachi uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Um, and this is, just like, this is just something to think about for yourself. If you're listening, I'm going to ask Julie questions, but things that just stand out, things that just... Really, anything that jumps out to you in the text. And we want to read it along. I'm using you version because I'm just on my phone. Yeah. But I'm just reading the NIV. Um, so this is Malachi 1, uh, cha- uh, verses 1 to 14. And it says, A prophecy, the word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord, yet I have loved Jacob. But Esau I have hated, and I have turned his hill country into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Edom may say, though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty says. They may build, but I will demolish. They will, call, they will be called the wicked land, a people always under the wrath of the Lord. You will see it with your own eyes and say, great is the Lord even beyond the borders of Israel. A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am the father, where is the honor due to me? If I am a master, where is the respect due to me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, how have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? But saying that the Lord's table is contemptible when you offer Blind animals for sacrifices, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty. Now plead with God to be gracious to us. With such offering from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord Almighty. Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. My name will be great among the nations from where the sun rises to where it sets. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to me because my name is great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. But you profane it by saying the Lord's table is defiled and its food is contemptible. And you say, what a burden, and you sniff, at it contemptuously, says the Lord Almighty. When you bring injured, lame, diseased animals and other, and offer them as sacrifices, should I accept them from your hands, says the Lord? 
Cursed is the cheat who has an accepted male in his flock and vows to give it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. So there's a lot in that passage. Yeah. Like there's, a, there's a lot going on. And you kind of feel in that God's a little bit like, guys, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like God really delivered them from Babylon. And if you want to look up something really interesting, really cool, the prophecy of Israelites actually returning to the homeland after exile, there's a really interesting thing. Like God said, you will return in so many years and times. And if you actually view it, it actually is true when, if you actually have a timeline, it's really cool to see that. that God delivers them how he said he kept his word. So something that really jumps out to me is God really being like, just kind of like, guys, come on. Like, you you know this. Like, you've yeah. seen me deliver. You've seen all these things. You've heard the stories. You've heard these things. But why why not? Why are you not honoring me? Like, there's, there's a really interesting dialogue between God and the Israelites. Malachi yeah. really does a great job of dialoguing between God and the Israelites. So he's really addressing things that are the problem of Israel is that they've become lazy. Mm-hmm. They've become just tired of doing everything over and over and over again yeah so like they offer blind lame and sick animals when yeah. it's written in exodus and leviticus that they would they should give the best they should give the best yep and when they give the best that it also talks about you know, honoring god that god also blesses you yes so we read this and we hear this and the israelites would know this but they still are not they still really question god mm-hmm. they still really ask him but then you look at what's around israel you look at the edomites um mm-hmm. the moabites these have been nations kind of from the lineage almost of israel yeah that have kind of gone off brothers from paths like isu and jacob yeah <clears throat> but edom was shown to disfavor with god that it wouldn't be a nation that would struggle and like be a wasteland we'd read that so it's showing that even against Israel's enemies, God is still providing a way for Israel to do well. Mm-hmm. So he's providing constantly and constantly and constantly and constantly. Yet the Israelites are like, well, he doesn't really love us. Yeah. And it's it's getting to the point where, like, I don't know how God is not frustrated <laughs> a lot with these people. Well, he may have been, and clearly he was. <clears throat> yeah. But was, I think giving them a chance to, that's, yeah. like, he was talking it through with them, right? Like, that's how it feels. He's like, Hey guys, like we had an agreement. I did what I said. Yeah. You're not doing what you said. Like, yeah. You know, let's have a let's have a chat about it. That's how that felt. Yeah, to exactly. Me. Like he didn't feel like he was, you know. Yeah. So God does this thing where He really wants the Israelites to be able to come back and to mm-hmm. really see like these God's chosen people and wants them to see and believe that He is doing something. He is a part of their lives and. What I think we really need to focus on and to get at is just that how in our times today are we worshiping God? Mm-hmm. Malachi is a really good example of saying how not offering their best, not doing that. We don't believe in the sacrificial practices and that yeah. kind of stuff. But what are we doing with our time? Yeah. Are we allowing us ourselves to have time to really focus on God, to really take time with God, to really worship him? Yeah. Or are we pushing that aside to say, oh, no, I'm gonna, kind of going to want to do what I want to do. Yeah. Which, well, it's fair. We all do it. Yeah. 
there's times like where we pray a lot and we pray a little. Yep. But I want to encourage us to find times where we can pray steadily mm-hmm. to God without ceasing. One might without say without ceasing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to really focus in and just worship God in a different way. And whether that is praying to God through your whole day, mm-hmm. telling God, you know. I understand this or when good things happen thank you god for doing this yeah and when you're struggling going to god and going like god i need i need assistance in this yeah and being there through your whole day like living out worship through your whole day mm-hmm. maybe that's through music maybe that's through yep. talking with god maybe that's through prayer whatever it might be but living out worship in a sense that you can grow closer to god and that's something i think God is really, God wants that with the Israelites. Wants to go clo- grow closer, mm-hmm. that they may call him Abba, like an intimate father. Yeah, and that's something really important. So, this was a bit of a shorter one. Yeah. Um, but it's probably what the series is going to be like a little, yeah, little yeah. bit shorter ones. Bite-sized chunks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Malachi, this is just a intro kind of thing is a great book where it really shows the dialogue between God and Israel. Mm-hmm. And I think as we go deeper into it through the different discussions that we're going to do, I think we'll be able to see that there is a real love that God has for the Israelites mm-hmm. and that just wants them to be able to see him as well and just wants that, you know, this relationship with them and that yeah. leads into what we have with Jesus and the time that comes for the Israelites. He was wanting it to be a two-way street yes. again. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thank you very much, Pastor Wes. If you'd like to get in touch with Pastor Wes, he would love to hear from you. You can reach him at wes at waynefleetbic.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you as well. My email address is julie at waynefleetbic.com. So thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to connecting with you next week. Have a great week. Bye.